morning, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Tuesday. Trey, what's up, buddy? Good morning. <laughs> I'm Dave DeFore. Join as I am on every Tuesday morning by my man Trayvon Edwards. And we got Brian Smith running the show behind the scenes. Before we get started, you guys know the drill. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up. It's only $3.99 a month. Coming up on today's show, Trey, it's trade season, I think. And, and we've got some rumors to talk about. But first... You just can't beat the Utah Jazz in 2021, Trey. I don't know what is happening, but the Jazz are the best team in the league, and they're playing the best basketball in the league. This is pretty incredible. Yeah, I think that they made so many adjustments early on, and it's worked, and everybody's bought in, and they got something special going. I think that, you know, when they play the Lakers, probably is going to be a great game. Um, but for right now, like, you know, you got guys – Ingles shooting well, you know what I mean? Like they're sharing the ball down the line and, and responding the way they respond. Even Jordan Clarkson just playing like a madman off the bench. Like that guy is literally on fire. And he's even when the team looks like they're about to drop a game, he just finds it. Donovan Minchin finds it. Joe Ingles finds it. And like it was a series that uh, kind of looped around this past week where they were sharing the basketball and with the hockey assists and just kind of. No one looking to score until they make the right play, which kind of resulted in an easy dunk. And, you know, that's when you know you're dealing with a special season. But I won't put a black cloud over it and say that they have to beat the Lakers or, you know, or anything like that. It's just, you know, what they're doing, they can continue to do something and, and, and run it up. Hopefully they can have a, a streak that that's very impressive. They're on their second impressive streak of their early 2021 year. Uh, they've won eight straight. They've now won 19 of 20. They've only lost three games in 2021. They haven't lost in February at all. Look, this is a very good basketball team, and the fact that most people feel like they're going to lose to the Lakers doesn't even matter because we know injuries play a, a, a key role in every single finals appearance for every single team. So not too worried about that, to be honest with you. I do think that what they're doing is completely sustainable, though. We saw early on in this game, and I should say, because I didn't even say the score, the Jazz win this game 134-123. And to me, outside of the first quarter, this was all Jazz. They really controlled so much of this game outside of Ben Simmons, who was just incredible. You know, Ben Simmons put up like 20 points in the first quarter and was very aggressive getting out in transition. But the Sixers just don't shoot enough threes to keep up with what Utah is doing. 18 of 45 for Utah from three. 8 of 23 for Philly from three. And, and Trey, listen, you know, you don't live or die by the three in the NBA anymore. Like, the three is just a part of the game. You have to take threes. You have to keep up. You can have the greatest transition offense in history, but if you're not shooting enough threes to keep that math close, you're not going to win in 2021. To be fair, though, Embiid didn't play. It was a late scratch. Sure, but they don't shoot enough threes anyway. Yeah, but I, w I won't determine this matchup off threes. I think that it's a much closer ball game and then probably would have been a good test for, for Utah. But like I said, a win's a win. Ben Simmons did what he possibly all he possibly could at that particular time and played, you know, got a career high out of it, and it still wasn't enough. I mean, you know, individual play doesn't outshine team play. And, you know, uh, Utah went nine deep, and, and, and those, those guys contributed. You know, you mentioned Joel Embiid wasn't in the game. He was a late scratch, very late scratch. 
And, you know, we saw Simmons as as the nominal five man. I mean, he was guarded by Rudy Gobert. He took advantage of that, especially early on. And, and you don't wind up with 42 points in a game if you t- didn't take advantage of that all game. He's 12 of 13 from the line, which is incredible. He had 12 assists, nine rebounds. Just a, a really fantastic game. But nobody else really did much. I mean, Tobias Harris gets 36. You get no contribution from the bench at all. They're outscored in this game by Utah's bench, which is very good, 57 to 25. So you're already shorthanded Joel Embiid, and no one steps up. You get your, you know, you get a big game from Ben Simmons. You get your a slightly bigger game for Tobias Harris, but he's been very good this year. And then nothing else. And I think that for Philly, you got to be disappointed that you couldn't get a little bit more in in what is, you know, a marquee matchup. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not crediting their bench that much for that. You know what I mean? I think their strengths are in their in their in their three primary guys, and they just happen to be shorthanded tonight. Utah's bench. You know, we we got to talk about them. Jordan Clarkson had 40 points off the bench. Was eight of 13 from three, continuing the crazy season he's having. I mean, I think he's probably going to win six man of the year. I mean, he's certainly scoring like one. And when you're doing it on a team that now has the the high profile that Utah has, I mean, I feel like everyone's talking about the Jazz. I mean, Jordan Clarkson putting up 40 in this sort of game, I mean, it kind of feels like he might have locked that award up tonight. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if he locked it up, but I like to say that he's he's up by a long mile. And how he played, you know, he always gets up um, in the matchup against Ben Simmons. Uh, they have some connection. You know, both of them had good games. And they tend to, you know, play well. And in this particular situation, yeah, he just was on he was on fire, man. Like, I don't think any guy off the bench right now is playing as good as him. Normally it would be Lou Williams in the conversation or Jen, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Dimenez is a starter now in Los Angeles. And, you know, uh, Lou Williams has been struggling a little bit. So this might be Jordan's year. Rudy Gobert had 11 Nine rebounds in 32 minutes uh, was plus five. It looked early on like this was going to be the sort of game where the next day all we would hear was, see, you can't play Rudy in the playoffs. But I I think that Utah, you mentioned their adjustments that they've been making all season so far and, and the fact that that has contributed directly to these big winning streaks that they've pulled off. I mean, what did you see from him tonight with Gobert guarding Ben Simmons and actually being able to stay on the court? I mean, I think he can do more. I think he can do more. Like, I mean, from what he's been criticized for in certain situations, yes, I think it was even more easier to guard Ben Simmons because he doesn't shoot the three. And you kind of have yeah, to. Yeah, but he scored 42 points, right? Like, yeah. So he didn't necessarily do a great yeah, he job didn't contain him. He didn't contain yeah. him or anything, but he did just enough. You know what I mean? Like, you get the win, you take it. At that point, because it's going to be guys that's just going to drop, drop, drop the bag on his head. You know what I mean? And, and and do what they do. But as long as they come out to win, I think that's a win defensively as well. Donovan Mitchell, 24 points. Not not his best game of the season. You know, he's been shooting the ball a little bit better this year than, than he has the previous seasons. But, uh, you know, still 9 of 24 from the field. I mean, you, you hope that he can get to 24 points without 24 shots and five free throws, but this is what stars do, right? Like they have to play through these bad games where they're not shooting well. And then down the stretch, when Donovan Mitchell kind of took over, took control of the game, you saw Utah actually able to to close this game out against Philadelphia. I, I think that his steady hand has really shown itself in this streak. Yes, 
Yes. And then he's also, you know, with Conley out, being able to play point and, you know, be more you know, primary ball handler and setting guys up, that frees up most of the things because he's getting so much attention. He's able to just find guys and then also his confidence in knocking stuff down. So I'm all in on point guard Utah uh, spider. Utah plays the Clippers next. Do you think they're going to continue this streak? That would that would put them at 20 out of 21 wins and nine straight. I think they keep going. What's it going to stop at? They're going to hit. They're going to hit 15. I think they're going to stop at probably 27 or something like that. 27, 27 in a row. That would be nuts. But I'm saying they're playing extremely well, and they really are. Nah. And every th- this is the other thing. You know, not only are they playing, you know, the best basketball in the NBA. But aside from Mike Connolly dealing with with this, you know, this nagging injury, they've been pretty healthy. And everyone else is kind of falling around them. I think they really have a chance to almost solidify the one seed here in the next few weeks. You know, Paul George and Kawhi missed the game tonight. They've been in and out of the lineup the last few weeks. Paul George having some injury concerns. Obviously, we know about Anthony Davis and the I think the most important MRI in the NBA this season. Uh, outside of the one, of course, for Karis LeVert. And, I mean, I just look at what's happening around him. I really think Utah has a chance to gain some wins and and put some distance between themselves and the rest of the field. I mean, this is pretty incredible. In news, Trey, we are officially in trade season because we've got guys getting shut down in order to be traded. And, you know, I want to just run through a couple of these names. Reports today that Andre Drummond will not play with the Cavs until they sort out exactly what's going to happen with him. We hear that there are rumors that that the Toronto Raptors are interested. Obviously, we know that the Boston Celtics should be interested. Maybe maybe the Clippers. I'm not sure what the the cap ramifications are and how these teams can pull this off. But, Trey, let's just throw the cap out the window. Who does Andre Drummond help the most? It's pretty dicey when you think about it. I don't think that I don't think this trade helps if he does end up in Toronto. It doesn't help Toronto. I think Toronto takes a step back. But I would like to see him. It's maybe Boston, Brooklyn. Obviously, is front court's a need. But again, does he buy in with his team? You know, or is he just a name? I think it would be primary on on Boston's wish list more than anything. Blake Griffin. And the Pistons have have decided that they're going to part ways. And Blake Griffin on the trade block hasn't had the greatest year so far. Injuries still a problem with Blake Griffin. When he's healthy, there aren't 10 bigs in the league that can initiate an offense as well as Blake Griffin can. And that's in a league now where more bigs are initiating offense than they were in Blake's prime. I don't think he's got much of a trade market at all, but when I look at that contract, a buyout seems pretty unlikely without him giving up a massive amount of money. Is anybody going to trade for Blake Griffin or or is you know, is this marriage just destined to to remain together? First of all, there's no contract that's not tradable. So somebody's going to find that's a true. home for him. And then also, I'm not writing Blake off. I think that once he finds a new situation, He'll prove that he still can hoop, and I think he'll be a good third option. Maybe even at peak second option for somebody right now, but you can be the sick old tired dog in Detroit and get away with it. But I think he gets a new breath of life. Not saying he's going to be dunking on people, but he'll be effective. I would like to see him in Dallas. I would like to see him in L.A. If they could you know, figure something out there, but I just don't see that happening. 
And then also, um, I would like to see him in Boston as well. So those are the certain situations that, that Blake Griffin could potentially be. You know, I, I respect, you know, um, Troy Weaver and, and Dwayne Casey for freeing up their vets and allowing them to, you know, use their last leg and, and do their last victory lap for what they're doing. And then also it helps as far as moving forward with their young development and Sadiq Bay and, you know, those guys that they have over there. And then lastly, the Atlanta Hawks uh, apparently are looking for a lottery pick for John Collins. Now this one, it feels strange to me. I, I just don't get it. When you have a guy this young who produces at the level that he does, and when he's in his natural position, he's, I think he's a four, defends well enough. I just can't understand why you want to move him unless maybe there's something behind the scenes. But, you know, to me, John Collins, that's a steal for somebody. You give up a lottery pick for John Collins, I, I think you probably could sleep well at night, right, Trey? I guess so. Yes, you can. I mean, isn't that what you want out of a lottery pick? You want a guy who's, you know, 6'9", 6'10", that defends okay for his position but can score like that and rebound like that? I mean, God, I, he's almost a prototypical pick-and-pop big at this point, the way he shoots it. I'm befuddled. Atlanta needs to figure it out, pay this guy, and get with the program and keep it moving. It's just messy. You don't need to send him anywhere. I think it's a waste of a pick. They don't get better with anything like that. Like, asking for a pick – why you want to get younger? They're trying to win right now. They're trying to get Trey into the situation of actually tasting the postseason, and that's not going to happen with a lottery pick. I'm going to say this right now that they need to pay John Collins what he's trying to get and figure this out. All right, it's that time again, folks. Time for Getting Buckets. Buckets. Trey, who has been getting buckets this week? Well, I'm going to start it off and I, I'm going to double back. Parallel park, etc., whatever we need to call it. <laughs> Zach Levine is getting buckets. Listen, Common's tweeting about how he's an all-star. And we all know Common knows a lot about all-stars. Obama could tweet about him. Anybody from Chicago, Lil Dirk, Joe Fresh Goods, whoever it might possibly be, he needs to be going to Atlanta to be playing in this game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, 34 points per game in the last week was awesome late against the Pacers uh, in, in, their, in their win tonight for, for the Bulls. Zach Levine's a large part of the reason why that team is respectable. And, man, I, I really, really hope that he – gets an all-star selection. I hope he doesn't go to the game because I hope everyone doesn't go to the game, but I hope he's selected. Who else has been getting buckets the last week? Devin Booker. D-Book is hooping. You know, we we, we talked about his low usage and on, on scoring and things of that nature, but I think he's found it. I think he's found it, and he's trying to get back to, you know, being an all-star again and just being in that comfort. Was Western Conference Player of the Week? Absolutely. For Absolutely. last week. So, pretty good one. Uh, who else a game. Then we got Julius Randle. Who had an absolutely monster game. It's funny that the guys who've been good all like for the last week were pretty good tonight. And Julius Randle was absolutely nuts. He had 44 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists in, in the Knicks' victory over the Hawks. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Randle so far this year because the Knicks are actually kind of a cool story 
for the first time in a long time. Julius Randle is also an all-star, I think. He's got to get in. You you can't have a guy doing what he's doing and not put him in. I, I will say this is going to be one of those those snubs that you groan at if he doesn't make it. LeJulius Randle needs to go. He had a 40 ball. It needs to make it happen. He's doing everything that Tibbs wants him to do. Um, I even seen his name up in trade rumors. Knicks would be a fool to trade him. And this is like, you know, the first year that they're actually, you know, getting it done since 2013. So I'm all on board for LeJulius to make it down to uh, Atlanta. Listen, I, I understand the the idea that, that you want to sell high on a guy like Julius Randle. But, man, he's good. Please don't trade him. Just keep him. Just be good. Uh, who else was getting buckets in the last week? Sadiq Bey. Okay, now this one, Trey, I'm going to push back on. Because, look, I know that Sadiq Bey was, you know, he's playing for those juggernaut Pistons and he was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. But it caught me so off guard that he was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. I went back to look at his stats because I was like, wait a second. I know he scored 30 the other night. Did I miss a game? Did he have like a 40-point game that I didn't know about? Nope. He averaged 17.8 points for the week. Now, Trey... Is that getting buckets to you? It's fine if it is. This is this is your thing. Listen, that's getting buckets to me because not too many people outside of, you know, the Nets when they drafted him, obviously, before the trade, and a couple people that got a chance to watch him in college knew that he's capable of doing that. And it looks like they're going to go all in on it if they're shopping Blake. So, you know, I got high hopes for this kid, and I think he only improves, and he's going to be scoring more and more. So yes, Sadiq Bay is getting buckets. If you if you get acknowledged on the Eastern Player of the Week, and you know who's playing in that in in, in that conference, oh I know you're getting buckets. Yeah, all right. Listen, apparently they use team records to help determine this because Giannis was at 33, 12, and seven last week, and I get it. We're we're tired of Giannis. We got to move on to the new thing. But I don't feel like the new thing is Sadiq Bey scoring 18 points a game. I mean, you know, no offense. I like Sadiq Bey. I think he went way too late in the draft. My standards are different. Listen, if Lynn Sanity could get his his roses, I got to give him to Sadiq Bey too. Shout out to Detroit because Detroit don't get too much positive talk on this show. So we're going we gonna to give him love. That's true. Mason Plumlee got his first career triple-double in the last week. So maybe he's getting buckets too. All right, one more guy. Who Who else is getting buckets? Honestly, uh, Jordan Clarkson, man. I know we mentioned him earlier. You know, uh, obvious, like, clear path for six man of the year. This dude is 22.3 off the bench. Sky's the limit. Half 40 tonight. I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, it's self-explanatory. That is it to me. He had 40 tonight off the bench, 22 points per game the last week. All of that's off the bench. I mean, the guy has just been incredible. To me, he is as much a reason as anybody, save maybe Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, for the awesome season that, that Utah is having. They're now 23-5. and five. they got one of the best benches in basketball. It was awesome in this game. And Jordan Clarkson is leading that bench. I mean, there's just such a little drop-off when they go to their bench, and I, I think it's all because of Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I mean, he's a huge part of their success. No Jordan Clarkson, I don't think they're in this position because obviously they've had injuries that guys miss, and he's stepped up and been very consistent for them. All right, let's run through the rest of the games of the night. The Bulls beat the Pacers, as we mentioned, 120-112 to 112 in overtime. Trey, Zach Levine hit just an incredible step-back three late 
in this game, and you know it winds up going into overtime after that. Zach Levine is just a big shot maker at this point, and and I don't know why any of us act surprised anymore. He just does this. This is the thing. Like Zach Levine is a star. True or false, Trey? Yeah, there's fine lines between star and superstars. He's definitely a star. Um, I think this is the year that he gets to back it up with the facts of making an all-star team. And once he gets there, then, you know, sky's the limit. But he's definitely doing everything that Coach Donovan's asked him to do, as well as support his teammates and score. And just, you know, he's just getting better each year. So definitely a star. The Wizards beat the Rockets in John Wall's homecoming game. Uh, John Wall came out super aggressive in this one, had 22 points in the first half, actually shot 10 free throws in the first half. But Bradley Beal had 37 points, and, and the Wizards are just kind of hot right now, which is a funny thing to say. And, and they win 131-119. What did you think about John Wall in the return game? Do you feel like maybe he played himself out of it a little bit by being so aggressive in the first half? No, not so much. I think just – between the banter and going back and forth like they're injury riddled and it's not it's not a one it's not a I know it's high emotions him returning back to the team that that drafted him and things of that nature but they were shorthanded and you you can only do so much and you know guys were Bertans making four-point plays it was just it was kind of like one of those those games even Russell Westbrook didn't have like a great shooting night but was still manageable to do Russell Westbrook things so yeah, I think I think if they had a team at full strength, they don't lose this ball game. The Warriors blew out the Cavs. I mean, not really a game worth talking about, but Steph Curry is just on a crazy tear. Had 36 points in this game, 7 of 11 from 3. This is some of the best basketball I think we've seen out of Curry, and I would even argue you could say it was it's a little bit better than when he was on the good Warriors teams and doing something similar because He's the only offensive threat on the court a lot of nights, and this is just incredible. Would you compare what he's doing this season? And the numbers are close. Obviously, the level of play is different because the Warriors aren't as good. But would you compare what he's doing to what he was doing in that 15-16 unanimous MVP season? Statistically, yes. But it's so many players playing like playing well, you know, to just kind of say, hey, here's here's yours, you know? Well, we had three guys put up 40 tonight. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the ones that didn't even play tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, look, yeah. you look at it like I en- really enjoy watching Steph play. I-, I haven't seen anybody play like that in a minute, and I think that he's playing at extreme high level and doing wh- everything it takes to get his team in those position. But I still got LeBron as my favorite right now, and then I still got, you know, um, Joel Embiid. So it's a tight race for me personally. But um, you can go. You can't go wrong. If some people said Steph is MVP, I wouldn't be mad. If some people said Joel was the MVP, I wouldn't be mad. And if some people said LeBron was the MVP, I wouldn't be mad because they're all dominating at their positions. The Clippers, shorthanded Clippers. No Paul George. No Kawhi Leonard. They beat the Miami Heat. That's a rough loss for the Heat. One twenty-five. One eighteen. Marcus Morris Sr. had 32 points. Just absolutely nuts game from him. Jimmy Butler had 30-point triple-double for the Heat. And Trey, look, we were early on this. We said we were we were worried about the Heat, I don't know, a month ago. Are you any less worried? I mean, I, I just don't think that they look much better. No. my my, my it's, just, it's changed. It's, it's still the same. It's very consistent about the worry. But I just don't think they personally care. I mean, if Heat's fans understand and accept that, hey, this might not be the year for them, and they can continue to just enjoy ball games, not even enjoy ball games, but just understand the 
the feat that they accomplished in the bubble and then also trying to stay healthy. Like, they've been falling apart, you know, physically. And, you know, with Jimmy being out and other guys being hurt and it hasn't just worked in their favor. And even if they go on a streak and win some games, I just don't think that it's enough. Or it's even worth it to work to run your run your your guys that you rely on down to the ground just to make a playoff push. But guys are competitive. We'll see what it is. But for right now, Heat fans can holler at me. I don't like what's going on this year. Oh, I think that the Heat fans are are right there with us and and the way we feel. And and again, I think that this has just been a weird season overall. And it just seems like it's hitting them a little bit harder than than some other really good teams. And, and you know, it was going to do that to somebody. And it's done it to a bunch of teams. So I'm not taking much away from this long term, but, I mean, it's just rough to watch at this point. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget about all the other basketball shows that we've got on the Athletic Podcast Universe. All your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show, No Dunks. You know, shows you're already listening to. But go check out some shows that you might not know about. The Athletic NFL show is great. we got Robert Mays hosting that show fantastic so go check that out if you're not a member of the athletic go to theathletic.com slash daily ding and sign up now $3.99 a month fantastic deal thank you guys as always for waking up with us trey do the honors ding ding